Salutations, motherfuckers. It's uh, D. Carrie here, and we are still at the Beats on Film Network Studios, and this is another episode of Travel and Shit. Uh, it's a quirky little podcast that is less of the how-to about travel and more of the what was learned from travel. Nice little uh, conversation or bit. I can't even call it dialogue if it's just me. Dialogue is between two people. Um, so I guess conversation. I guess you can have a conversation with just me, yeah? I'm talking to you, so that makes it a conversation. Um, I've read someplace that a lot of podcasts don't really, I guess, mention what they're about or, you know, do a explanation past, like, the first episode. So if you're new to travel and shit, welcome. Thank you for listening. And um, in a nutshell, that's what it's about. Today, I'm going to um, talk about FOMO, fear of missing out, and um, I guess actually missing out on things. So that, sadly, I'm going to start, I guess, at the end and jump to the actually missing out section of it. I recently went to Rhode Island to see my little brother. He is actually a fellow at Brown University. They are paying this black man to get his doctorate in pathobiology. That was a very proud sister moment. Shout out to my brother. Um, Congratulations, kid. And I want to say I left, when did I leave? Saturday? I left Saturday and I came back on Tuesday. Sadly, when I got back on Tuesday, I came back to news that my dog, my furry baby, my child, had ran away on Sunday. And um, that was the worst day of my life. It was an absolute horrible feeling. Um, Generally, when I leave, I leave my dog with my parents. Um, My parents have a huge yard, so it's like a vacation for the dog as well. Her name is Binksy. I mentioned her in the first episode, but if you knew, that's my baby. Um, so I leave her with my parents and she has a great time. My dad gives her all the treats. He spoils her as much as he spoils me. Good times are had by all. Yeah. So, um, my parents didn't want me to know that she'd run away before I got home for obvious reasons because I was driving from out of state. And so they didn't post anything and they didn't call and let me know. Long story short, she's home. She's safe. Thank you to Kiki who found her, brought her into her home, loved her, you know, fed her, bathed her. Because what happened was my dad had her outside with him while he was working on the car. And it's like every other time she stays there, she has this habit of rolling and catch it. So she rolled and catch it. And at this time of the year in New York, it's too cold to hose her down. So being the compassionate person that my dad is, he went inside to get a bucket, hot water, and some soap, came back outside maybe three minutes later, four minutes later, and she was gone. The gates were all closed. You know, it's not like he left the gates open or, you know, made it easy for her to get away and nobody can see into the yard. My dad's like the mayor on the block, so nobody's going to come in there and take anything from him. So she found a way out. And um, so thankfully she was found by someone with a compassionate and caring heart who, um, you know, cared for her like she was her own. And she posted a 
post about it on Instagram. Somebody different posted it on a Facebook group and a friend of my brother's, Kirsten, thank you very much for reaching out to me, saw the post that Crystal, thank you, Crystal, had uh, put on Facebook. And long story short, again, I ended up getting Binksy home. So I bring up that story because for me, not having any kids and being single, um, I don't really have anything at home that is holding me back from travel, if you will. I know a lot of my friends have spouses, they have children, they've got families that they have to provide for, take care of, and, you know, obviously love and want to be around. So for them, they have a lot of things that they have to get in order or things that they should kind of, you know, uh, line up before they go someplace or, you know, to bring along with them when they go someplace. So for me, the only thing I'm thinking about is, you know, as long as my family is healthy, my grandparents, my parents, my dog is taken care of. But now I got to say I've got anxiety about leaving my dog behind. Um, Kiki, of course, offered to, you know, watch Banksy whenever I go someplace. And I appreciate that. But, you know, my parents are very capable human beings. They raised my brother and I. We both made it. Um and it was nothing malicious or, you know, short-sighted on my parents' end that, you know, allowed the dog to get out. So it's not like they did anything that they can avoid doing in the fur- in the future. I know my dad's going to like, of course, better dog-proof the yard or whatever. But at this point, it's no—there was no malice on their end. It's not like anybody was um, lackadaisical in any sense. So— for me, that anxiety is something that um, is not a hypothetical what could go wrong. It's an actual, I mean, it is kind of hypothetical, but, you know, it's actually something that can go wrong. So for me, the actually missing out, I was also talking to one of my friends, hey, Alicia, um, she was um, telling me that she's the same way with her kids. Like, if something minor happens while her kids are with somebody else, while they're in somebody else's care, you know, she gets that immediate, well, this is why I should have kept them with me, and this is why I should have done this. And, you know, it's this feeling of super parenting where you're not going to let anything happen to them. And it's not like, you know, when something happens to them while you're away or while they're in someone else's care. It's not like it was done on purpose or anything. It's just you kind of have this feeling that, well, if I were there, it wouldn't have happened. But um, it's kind of one of those hypothetical things, those hypothetical feelings that you hold on to while you are separated from those persons and pets that you, you know, feel strongly about. But um, essentially, that was just me getting that off my chest, um, that I now do have a little bit of anxiety about leaving my pup behind. But you know, I know she's in loving hands whenever I leave her behind. It's just, she's she's a fucking escape artist. So, you know, she is just one of the things that I'm concerned about when I'm gone. But outside of Binksy, I worry about my plants. I'm one of, I'm kind of like your crazy plant lady friend. I have a shit ton of plants in the crib. I love my plants, not the same way I love my dog, but... I try to keep track of which ones need 
a certain amount of light, which ones need certain amount of water. I am by no stretch of the imagination a fucking botanist, but a nigga can keep a plant alive. And I'm trying to, you know, keep that role going. So, like, I worry about my fucking plants when I'm going. Like, I know I water my grandparents' plants when they go away, but she's got, like, five of them, and they don't need much water. They're real basic-ass, you know, run-of-the-mill plants. And I don't have anything exotic, but I know that some of them require different um, water needs, if you will. But, yeah, I I don't ever go anywhere longer than, like, seven days for the most part. So it's literally all in my head. But travel FOMO is is real. I personally am one of those people that likes to do the most when I'm on vacation, but doesn't do much of shit when I'm home. I don't really want to say, nah, that's a lie if I say I'm not. I'm kind of a homebody. I come home from work and I do home shit. Like I watch whatever I'm watching at the time because I binge watch series. And I'm usually in bed by like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I have no qualms about it, no shame about it. I'm happy about that because I'm up at like five o'clock to get ready for work anyway. So when I'm on vacation, I too will go to bed early the same way I do when I'm home. But it doesn't really fare well when I go with someone. So when I went to Alberta, I went with my homegirl, Chris, and she's more of a, let's go out, let's go out. We're on vacation. We got to use all of our time. And for me, that's like a fear of missing out kind of syndrome. Like you don't want to miss something that's happening out there. And I'm just like, well, we just did shit all day. What the fuck all do we need to do in the evening? Like I'm, I'm tired by, you know, eight o'clock. I don't want to do anything else. I don't feel like I'm missing anything because I made sure to do everything I wanted to do during the day. So personally, I have no problems listening to my body when it says, bitch, sit down. When I'm tired, I can rest. That's not something that um, I've really had too much of an issue with when I've been traveling. However, the one notable time that I can remember regretting well, not well. I did regret it. Regret it for a uh, for a short spell. I went to um, Thailand, but I had a. I think the layover was in Doha. That's when I went to uh, Qatar. I was there for about two three days, and while I was in Doha, I don't remember feeling jet lagged. It didn't really, you know, set in too hard. I remember getting there. It was at night, so I went to sleep and then woke up the next day and felt fine and you know went about trying to figure out what I was going to do but by the time I got to Thailand a bitch was tired I was tired and it was raining the next morning I feel like I arrived in the afternoon or the evening so I settled in I ate and went to sleep woke up the next day and I woke up like I never went to sleep like the tired like the the tiredness was like that was the first time I'd ever experienced jet lag and it was raining So I easily rolled the fuck back over and I slept the entire day. Not like sleep, wake up, eat and be lazy. No, I literally slept the entire day. I think I woke up two or three times the whole day and I didn't do anything until I think it was the next morning. And I went down thinking that I could book a like a boat trip to Fifi 
and, you know, see the whole beach scenario and the beautiful island, blah, 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 you know, that basic tourist shit. And it turns out I missed out because the weather in that area, I think it, either, it was either the weather in the place I was or the weather over at Fifi, it just wasn't conducive to a beach day. And I think I'd also missed out the, like, the time window in terms that you needed to book the trip or some shit like that. And the woman was telling me, oh, well, yesterday would have been perfect. The weather was actually incredible. It stopped raining by, like, mid-morning. So when I woke up and saw that it was raining and went back to sleep, I, you know, kind of missed the window. I should have checked the weather and kind of fought through the tired and tried to enjoy the day. So I want to say that was, like, the one time that I feel like I regret it not pushing through being tired, but I kind of got over that the about a, maybe a day or two later. I was in a taxi coming from seeing uh, Big Buddha. I think I'd gone to like watch along, swim the temples out there and done an elephant ride. Elephant ride, I was a little iffy. I was a little sketchy on because I kind of felt like I'd be supporting like animal cruelty because like you don't know how they treat the animals and shit over there. I mean, I'm no Jack Hanna, so I can't really say whether or not I know how an elephant is supposed to be, you know, uh, humanely cared for. And, you know, I mean, you treat them nice, but at the same time, it's like the guy that was doing the tour seemed to have a decent rapport with the animal. But, yeah, I don't know. I only did that because I was right there. The guide suggested it, and I felt like, fuck it, let's do it. And in hindsight, you ain't really missing out if you don't do it. But... I don't know. It was an experience. I'll say that. But I was riding in the taxi back and I kind of had like this feeling of calm, like a feeling of acceptance that like what's for you is never going to miss you. You know, even though I missed out on the opportunity to do Fifi, I still experienced so much other incredible shit while I was on the trip. And even though you may not necessarily get to do everything your little mind can you know, uh, imagine to do while you're away, you can't beat yourself up about certain missed opportunities. Like you spend all this time preparing, researching, Googling with the internet as accessible as it is. I don't know how the rest of the population does vacation planning, but I tend to spend a quite a bit of time looking into what activities are available during the time that I'm going to be in an area, what the area is known for. Like I really, really, really want to go to Turkey and I want to see the um, hot air balloons that they do. Um, I'm trying to think of what the name of the city is and it's really not coming to me right now. But, you know, you go certain regions, you go to certain cities and you know that they're well known for certain shit. So you price it out. You consider where am I going to stay so that I'm in the area. Like you spend so much time and you invest so much time in planning and researching what is accessible. And sometimes I think you build up this perfect plan or this perfect idea for what the trip should be. And it can kind of cloud what the trip can actually be. I feel that I've learned to not stress as much about the details as I used to. I feel like I kind of have 
always had some level of being open to spontaneity while traveling, while not being completely spontaneous. I hope that you listened to the episode that I did with Terry where he was completely spontaneous about his trip. I ain't on that level yet. I ain't with that shit. I need to know or at least have an idea of what it is I'm going to do when I travel. But I try to leave a certain window of time available for me to do something that I didn't know was going to be available to me in advance. Or I try to give myself the opportunity to, you know, source out what the weather is actually going to be there. Because that's another thing I used to do. I used to worry about what the weather was going to be beyond just preparing for, you know, basic temperatures. Like I would look into the weather of, um, I think when I looked into Thailand, I saw it was supposed to rain like all four of the days I was going to be there or all five days or however long I was there. It was supposed to rain every fucking day. And I was really spazzing out about it. My dad was like, baby girl, you got to chill. You're going to not fucking go. All right, then. So bring some shoes that you could wear in the rain, bring an umbrella and deal with it. And it generally turns out that it never rains as much as it says it's going to rain. Knock wood that the next trip I go on, it doesn't rain more than it says it's going to rain. But there's certain things, certain variables that you can't prepare for. And I think that with that fear of or that expectation that you want to prepare for everything, you just you shit yourself over. You kind of got to let some things happen on their own. And when you miss out on an opportunity, not beat yourself up about it. I know when I went on that trip to Rhode Island, I went for my brother's birthday. And... I went with the intentions of whatever the kid wants to do, we're going to do. We were hoping to go hiking because he knows I like to hike. And he's young. He's, what, 28? So I know that for the most part, it was going to be going out for drinks, going to a club or some shit like that. And I was all on board because this is my brother. But when I got there... I didn't realize how fucking tired I was. Like, I was tired, like I said, by my regular fucking time. By 9 o'clock, I was dead. I woke up, like, 6 o'clock to start getting ready for the trip. Like, I worked all day Friday, came home, went to sleep, woke up 6 a.m., started packing, you know, get the house in order, uh, drop the dog off by 10 a.m. I'm driving out. I think I'd gotten to him maybe one, two o'clock or something. I think, um, yeah, I think I left by 11 actually. Cause it's only like a three hour drive to Rhode Island. I got there by one, two o'clock. We ate, went to a brewery, hung out with some friends, came back, we drank, watched some TV. When I tell you like the tired hit, I was ready for bed and he was ready to go out. And I felt miserable. I felt like such a failure of a big sister because I really, really went out there with the intentions. Like a lot of times you go to a location, you go on vacation to a certain destination with all intentions of doing or you set your heart out on seeing a certain, you know, site or on making sure that you accomplish something. When I went to Alberta, I was hell bent on seeing the Northern Lights. But because of the weather in the area and a lot of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, things that you can't control. I wasn't able to see it and I can't control how tired I am. And I just had to stay in cause I know when I'm tired, I'm cranky. I'm not fun to be around. And the last thing I wanted to do was to go out with my brother and have him worried about 
whether or not I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be the cranky sister sitting in a corner, not fucking talking to any of these kids because I'm tired and, you know, it kind of sully his time out. And I didn't want to get to the club and then just be on a wall with an attitude and feel, you know, have him feel like he needed to leave early because I was in a shitty mood. So I knew that it didn't really bother him, but I still sat with that guilt for the rest of the trip. And um, those are kind of the things that you, well, at least I have learned to try to accommodate for. Try not to, you know, set the high, the the bar so high. Don't set your own personal standards so high that you don't leave room for unforeseen events. Don't give your, don't not leave space for shit to go wrong. This way you can be better prepared to bounce back when something goes wrong. One of the things that I have experienced with that whole fear of missing out is losing out on fucking money where you plan, plan, plan so much that you overbook your um, overbook excursions. I ended up, I think it was in Costa Rica. I booked some kind of beach shit and then I realized I'd rather go to the jungle, but I'd already spent like a hundred and something dollars, $150 on this, um, what do you call it? On the beach thing. And I realized I didn't want to go. I would rather do something else. So I tried to cancel it, wasn't able to cancel it. So when you're booking excursions, I generally use Expedia or Airbnb. But when you book an excursion, look into the cancellation policy. If you are not sure what the weather's going to do, but you decide you want to book it any damn way, look into how many days or how many hours you have to cancel something in order for you to get all or part of your money back. So I had started the process of trying to do the cancellation, but it didn't go through. It was a whole clusterfuck of things that just didn't go my way. And I ended up just losing out on the money. At the time, it didn't really matter because I had ended up doing what I actually wanted to do. So sometimes be prepared to, you know, pay for something that you fail to execute properly. Um, also, in that same vein, sometimes you overbook. Flexibility of booking things at the last minute, though, can also work in your favor. There was the time in Qatar where I really, really, really wanted to do a desert tour. But I knew that I had no idea when the fuck I was going to be in a fucking desert again. So I said, I got to do what I got to do to make this happen. Now, I ended up spending twice as much as I initially seen it booked for. I think I saw that you can do like the maybe full day tour. Like uh, you basically get driven through the desert and all that kind of shit. I think it was like 175. I remember seeing a lot of places advertised for it and I ended up paying probably a little more than 300 or like $300 American dollars and that's because I ended up booking through the hotel however when I booked through the hotel the gentleman that they had do it it was a solo tour and it also was able to include a camel ride and that's because he was nice enough to kind of you know arrange something much shorter because as opposed to like an hour camel ride he was like you good with like a mile like 
15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I just want to say I've done it before. So he did that for maybe like $20. And that was even, he was naturally going to do it like for free or something. Like he had really, really just used his relationship that he had with the gentleman that um, ran the, I guess, I don't want to say pit stop, but the gentleman that ran the location that the tour, I guess, begins at, like the air, I guess you can call it an air station because you stop there, you get tea, and you let the air out of the tires so that it's at the right levels to drive on the sand versus driving on the asphalt. But anyway, that was one of the most incredible experiences I ever had because it was just me. My favorite excursions have, I don't want to say always because I've had some favorites, like some top five experiences that did include other people. But every excursion that I've ever been on where it was just me, I have absolutely loved. It has been an incredible experience. And that was one of them. So it ended up being one of those last minute trips, not like trip in terms of vacation and whole, but one of those last minute excursions or last minute day trips that ended up really, really costing me a lot of fucking money. But it was worth the money I spent. And I would easily spend it again if I knew that I would have the experience that I had. Um, so you gotta, on the same, it's, it's a real clusterfuck of a balance to do, y'all. But you can't let that feeling of, I have to do it all, I have to do it all, I have to do it all, outweigh the certain finesse that you got to put into spending what you want while enjoying yourself and not running yourself fucking dry. Uh, I, I don't truly, I truly don't see the point in doing so much that you're so tired that you can't enjoy yourself. A lot of things that you, you know, would want to book in advance don't always have to be booked in advance. If you figure out what window you need and then leave the rest up to how you feel that day, I feel like there can be a lot gained and you still not, like you can kind of ride the fine line, that fine FOMO line, where if you know, for example, that you need three days to book, say, a helicopter ride that over a certain, you know, area that you want to do. If you're traveling on Monday and the soonest it's going to let you book for is on Wednesday, if you know you're traveling out six Mondays from now, you don't need to book the shit now. But you also don't want to wait until the Monday that you leave to try to book it. Look into booking it on, you know, the... Monday prior to the Monday you're going out there or that Friday before just figure out what window that you need in order to do something so that you're prepared closer to and you don't have to like boggle yourself with all the you know the fucking details so in a nutshell I feel like that FOMO is not necessarily the kiss of death like it's not going to make or break all of your trips, but I feel like I've encountered it on enough 
different trips that it's been one of those things that I definitely wanted to kind of have, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a discussion about, but, you know, like a talking point because I've seen where it has made for a less enjoyable time and in certain instances made for a more enjoyable time. A lot of times shit doesn't go the way I plan it. A lot of times I let the stress of what I planned outweigh the stress of making a decision. Sometimes just because it's planned doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be done. And just because it's an option doesn't mean that it necessarily needs to be done. There's always that, you know, you can always come back, you can do it on the trip. But I am a firm believer currently because there's always room to change. But I personally don't think I want to go back to any of the locations that I've already been. Cuba's the only exception. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but Cuba owes me a tattoo. Like, I do have to go back to Havana, to La Marca, to get a particular tattoo in a particular place. And that's eventually going to happen. I'll take a weekend trip, whatever the case it is. It ain't that far. And it's relatively affordable. But I have no desire to go back to Qatar. I have no desire to go back to Barcelona. Now, if I were to go back to these cities or countries, it would be more in another area. Like when I go back to Cuba, I'm not staying in um, the cities that I stayed in before. I'm going to go to the entire opposite side of the island. Like there's so much to see in all these countries that we visit. I don't personally believe in going back someplace that I've already been. But To each his own. Honestly, you can do a lot of the same shit in different locations. So just because it doesn't happen in location A doesn't mean that it can't happen in location B. So don't fucking beat yourself up. All right. So let's wrap this shit up because I don't need to spend four days talking about two things. Uh, the quote for this week is a, not necessarily a travel quote, but it can very easily be uh, related to travel. And it's happiness is letting go of what you think your life is supposed to look like and celebrating it for everything that it is. The internet's is crediting this shit to Mandy Hale, but I'm sure we've all heard it from different people as well. And if you just replace happiness with uh, travel or just um, correlate the happiness in life with your happiness with travel, um, let loose of your, you know, your plans, make some of those plans tentative. Like don't worry too much about structuring things so rigidly and give yourself a little more space to be flexible, have a general idea of things. And even, and even if you plan some shit and it doesn't go the way you want it to bearing injury and sickness and, you know, something really traumatic or, you know, dangerous that happens to you, roll the fucking punches be able to, you know, pick it up and keep it moving. When shit goes wrong at home, you don't call, you know, curl up and go lay in bed all the time. Sometimes, yes, but all the time, no. So don't let things going wrong on vacation keep you from, you know, rolling with the punches the same way you would at home. You will miss out on some things, but as long as you don't stifle yourself when you miss out, 
or uh, what do you call it? Um, fuck up an opportunity. You can always pick up from where you left off and jump into some new shit. So thanks for listening. All the things people always ask you at this point, follow the, uh, oh, there's a actual travel and shit, uh, Instagram. Hey now. So it's travel and shit. T R A V E L letter N and then S H I T underscore on the Instagrams. And, um, if you have any questions about travel, if you have anybody in particular that you want to hear discuss their travel experience, or if you have a unique travel experience that you want to bring to my attention, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you very much. This is D. Carrie. See you next week.